All wings report in. Red 10 standing by. Red 7 standing by. Red 3 standing by. Red 6 standing by. Red 9 standing by. Red 2 standing by. Red 11 standing by. Red 5 standing by. I have you Hello, everyone, and thanks for listening to 585 Squadron Podcast. I'm Nate, and I play Scum. I'm Nick, and I fly Imperials. And I'm Pat, and I fly the Rebels. Cool. And today, we would like to tell you all about a bunch of fancy stuff that we like about the X-Wing community. But we're going to get into that later. We actually have quite a few things. We're um, As... We play X-Wing by day, but by night, all three of us are, to some extent, uh, board game designers. So we like to tweak the game a lot. So we've come up with a lot of little things that we like to tweak about the game. But that's if you don't care about that and you just want to hear about how awesome we are, then uh, just hold out till I'll try to put a timestamp in later. I don't know, 10 minutes from now, 20 minutes from now, something like that. And I'll uh, we'll get to the awesomeness that's happened recently. Um, so Nick and Pat, what has awesomely happened recently in awesome tournament? Go. (laughs) I fly plane. (laughs) Yes, yes you do. (laughs) Held hands and went to the fair forever beyond, and it was awesome. Uh, i.e. Millennium had a monthly tournament. Yay. That's awesome. Yeah, which... Holding hands. That's actually kind of uh, the inspiration for us to get back into the game, get back into the whole podcasting thing. Is like there's a community around our locals at Millennium, and we kind of want to spread the word about how awesome it is. And that's kind of how we met a lot of people. Um, Duncan Howard, when he was on uh, with us a bunch of episodes ago, he we met him up at Millennium. Um, so they have their monthly tournaments there, and I heard you guys did well. Pat, how did you? Well, one of us did better than the other one. Oh. Uh, oh. <laughs> uh, so, so for yeah. those for those of you at home, I was not able to make it. Pat and Nick went, so you can kind of figure out if you know what I'm saying. We might have played each other at game four of the tournament, maybe. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yep. Um, yeah. So we were both two and one at the time when we played each other. So. It was actually really cool because if I have to play someone, you know, that I came with, when we're both two and one, and one of us is guaranteed to be three and one and get probably something cool, that's that's not a bad time to 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 play Nick. You know what I mean? Yeah, that was good. I just I picked. Uh, I remember you came and you said, "Hey Nick, I need some feedback. This is kind of a casual, fun thing. What list would you like me to run?" And I'm like, "Ooh, play the snap the snapshot list where all five ships have snapshot." And you're just going to kind of tear into other ships. It's going to be great. Plus, you know how to handle swarms pretty well. You're going to have fun with it. And I, I think he did. It was a little overwhelming, but I dreaded that as the last time I flew up against that. I think I had like 20 minutes of gameplay before I was like, I'm going to go grab a beer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's, um, it's, it's brutal if, if uh, the dice for snapshot roll well. And it's a good blocking list, too. One of the games I blocked Darth Vader then snapshotted him, I think it was three or four times. I think it was three times snapshotted and then shot him four times in the combat um, phase. So I shot him seven times with no actions. Jeez. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's it's really, really dangerous because Darth Vader just ended up with one, you know, he took one shot and then he just got erased. Um, it's really, and I really don't care for these type of builds normally. I'm more of like a two-ship 
um, build player where the games are over quick and I can take some breaks between rounds. Yeah, you are. But this list, yeah, this list is definitely an attrition list where the scales start to tip one way or the other, and normally once they've tipped, uh, they don't come back the other way. So the the game I lost, I just um, because I, both Nick and I, or I, Nick and I were two and one, so we both lost a game um, going going into the last round. The game I lost uh, against Kanan Biggs list, um, I just couldn't um, get the ghost down quick enough before it stopped one shotting my Tie Fighters. I mean, an example. Um, you know, he had Finn on the ghost, so rolling five dice um, with a target lock and then being able to TLT afterwards, pretty powerful against uh, ships with three or four life. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You want to, um, um, Pat, you want to give, like, a full rundown of what this list is made of? Yeah, sure, yeah. So um, the list is uh, three uh, PS3 A-Wings um, with the title and shard and refit. Um, and then the two EPTs, um, all three of them are Crackshot and Snapshot. Um, and then I have two Rebel TIE Fighters. That's right, I bought two of them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and one is Ahsoka Tano, PS7, with just Snapshot. And the other one is Sabine Wren with uh, Snapshot. And then the title, which allows her to have a crew. And then the crew is Operations Specialist, which is pretty much the thing that makes the list tick. Um, if people went after Sabine first, generally I lose, and if they don't or they don't kill her, generally I win. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, it, Operations Specialist, and I actually had to show a couple people the card because Operations Specialist, there's no limit on it. It works every single time you miss a shot. Yep. So if I, you know, there was a couple of times that game where I'd roll up uh, with my A-Wings, I'd take evades, I'd snapshot with two or three of them, miss with all of them, and then have my A-Wings all have focus evade and crack shot for the next shot. Um, so it was, it's really brutal with the, it, 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 Operation Specialist becomes basically a mind link for this list with the amount of focus it gives out yeah. for only three points. Um, the only problem is it's on a, you know, it's on a ship that can very easily be killed. I put it on Sabine. Other people have put it on Ahsoka and then tried to V, uh, not VI, but they've tried to, um, put Capture Tie on her so that he has to be higher than a PS7. I went with Sabine because she could maneuver, so she can do a booster barrel before she reveals her maneuver. Then she could barrel afterwards if she did the boost. So it's very easy to kind of, if you kind of give a suspicion of where the opponent's going to be to try and get her out of arcs and keep her as safe as possible while still keeping her close enough to the A-Wings um, to, to keep Operation Specialist uh, working. And then a kind of an added bonus that's not really intentional is Ahsoka Tano's pilot ability. Uh, she'll always take a focus or she'll get one with... Um, with Operations Specialist, um, and then she can actually pass that off to um, to another ship to do an action. So I actually bumped Ahsoka at one point, so she didn't get an action, but then she got to snapshot someone, missed, got a focus, gave that focus to one other ship, which was one of the A-Wings, and the A-Wings got the boost. Jeez. So that's, yeah, it's, it's one of those crazy inactions because... 
you can assign her a focus, and then she can use that at the start of combat to push an A-wing. Um, the boost was up to push an A-wing into range one, so I got that extra dice. It's um, it's really, really fun. Um, again, if you've got a good alpha strike list, this list is dead in the water. That's why you're not seeing it competitively, because you run into, you know, that Dengar fell with the missiles. I mean, you, you're probably losing two ships before they shoot, um, if the player is decent. Um, so I think... But, uh, sorry, go ahead. Uh, so I think this kind of leans towards what we mentioned in one of our podcast episodes earlier, that Millennium always is a good breeding ground for weird lists that work, or weird things that work, no matter what game it is. And, like, you're saying this this uh, this list isn't competitive, but you got in second in the tournament. Yeah. So, like... Yeah, it's, 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 it's a good list, and, you know, I'm not... I'm trying not to be prideful, but I'm... I'm pretty decent at the game at this point, nah. um, but it, it is it is a high skill list, and I think there's lo- plenty. It's one of those lists where if you go to like a tournament that has six or seven rounds in it, like a system open, there's just going to be a game where your green dice just completely abandon you, and it's like tournament ruining. Um, the reason I was able to get second with three and one record was because in a lot of games I was able to save a ton of MOV. Like I said, it's an attrition list, so. You know, there were times that um, I lost the one, the game I lost. I managed to kill everything but Zeb in a Phantom, so that's 18 points. And there was plenty of times where um, the, the the game was against the player who had the Darth Vader. I lost one ship that was 19 points, and so it's really really great for MOV when it tips in your favor, um, and it really helps out um, helps out when you're kind of cal- when you have a lot of players that are uh, three and one. Um, <laughs> the uh, I have a kind of uh, a fun, uh, friendly, competitive um, thing with uh, one of the players from Buffalo, uh, James. Um, he um, he's also running a swarm, a Sikh swarm with six of them. Oh, geez, and that's the one you sent me last he, week, right? Yeah, yeah, oh. and that was super fun to watch as well. He also got beat by the same Kane and Biggs player, so we both ended up three and one. Uh, and I beat him out on MOV by thirty or forty MOV points. That's it. Um, and I did, and then when I went to Buffalo to play um, at his location, uh, I did the same thing. I, I beat him in the last game, and that was just enough to tip my MOV over <laughs> to take second place again. So uh, we've been joking back and forth, like, oh, you know, I'll, I'll come up to Buffalo again, and we'll we'll keep the the um, the swarm rivalry going. <laughs> <laughs> nice, yeah. It's good yeah. to hear more swarms are seeing play. Yeah, yeah, I, I think um, the the Seek Swarm that he has is really, really interesting and fun to play. And I don't, I own zero Seeks, so I would, you know, I'm not gonna go out and buy them just for that list. But um, it's definitely something I, I might proxy at the, at the house at some time. It looks fun to play. Well, I do have quite a few Seeks. If you want to give it a try. Oh, uh, Nada, we're gonna. I'm gonna go into a sidebar real quick because you'll find this story amusing. Sure. So, uh, we only have two crack shots between Nick and I because we only have it from Imperial veterans. Uh huh. And all of the other ships that have crack shot are K fighters, Curious fighters, and Houndstooth. So that's why we have like six of them. <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> so I, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't get to your house uh, to borrow it. So I walked into Millennium with only two crack shots. 
and then purchased a Kira's fighter to get that third crack shot. Uh-huh. Then I walked into the tournament, and guess what the participation prize is? Crack shot? Yep, it's an Altar crack shot. Figures. <laughs> <laughs> so now I have a fighter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, now you got more. There we go. Yep, I'm ready for the scum aces, I guess. Yeah, you better be. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Nick, how was your experience with the tournament that Pat is so-called dominating? Uh, well, I was uh, pretty proud, actually, of um, the way I played since it's been about maybe ten weeks <laughs> since I played before that point. Um, so it was a lot of a lot of fun to get out there. Again, a lot of great things to say about the community and just playing with a bunch of people because it was fun. People enjoyed it. I was able to carry on conversations with people while playing. It was just, it was absolutely a blast. Um, but so besides that point, though, the performance, I flew my same been flying since um, day one of my uh, adventure with the Rochester Regionals. So I flew push limit. Um, yeah, his, his title on him. So he's pretty dangerous, but uh, I flew also Colonel Vestry, the standard, but he has the Tide D and he has the Ion Cannon, which still proved to be a pain in the ass for other players, so that was pretty nice. And then, of course, the one that I'm replacing officially and dumping off that list is, thanks to Pat, is uh, Pure Sabak. Ah, uh, no. I it on paper, but I. Uh, Nick, you cut off after you said it looks good on paper. Yeah, so <laughs> Pierce Bach looks good on paper, but uh, he, I still fly him like he's drunk. Uh, he <laughs> almost ended on asteroids a few times. Um, and, um, yeah, I, it's it's typically he's a nuisance, and he's gotten one-shotted a few times without him firing, so that kind of turned my thoughts on that, and then Pat was like, well, you know what else is 25 points? Uh, so, I'm going to be flying that with a Megaleader from here on out. Oh, good. And, yeah, uh, yeah. It's, um, she's a point more expensive. She's 26, but I think you had an initiative bid. So, I, yeah, that's, we're on the call right back. That's what I recommended, because the question I asked you, and this, this, when I'm squad building or looking at a squad that I've flown and trying to you know, take away, like, bad or good luck with the dice and just trying to look at it objectively. The question I asked you that was important was, how many times did you uh, proc Pure Sabak's ability before her, you know, she got damaged? And I think you said, like, once or twice, right? Right. There is very few times, even against you. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I think in our game, you didn't get to use the ability at all because Snapshot... <laughs> was able to put in enough damage before before you actually fired. Um, yeah, but Omega Leader is one of the most dangerous ships in the game, um, like we talked about, you know, on the ride home, and I feel like she would add a lot to that squad, because if players don't go after Omega Leader, uh, then Omega Leader is a great endgame ship that can take on most other ships by herself, with the exception of maybe Miranda, the bomber. Um, and if they do go after a leader, that's fine. Then your quick draw and Vessery are just going to do work <laughs> in the meantime. You know what I mean? Right. 
And I, I think that list definitely needed that. Um, the big draw was that people would fire at pure Sabacc first. And that's great. But two agility die. Little that's sample, not great. I didn't roll any evades with him. He yeah. Just, he just wanted to joust, and he wanted to fly straight at people, which was great. But um, I, at, at game four, when I played against you, part of the reason why I enjoyed the tournament is um, against that. But it was a lot closer than I thought. And it was simply I, the very first round when I said, I got to go after. Um, I went after? Sabine. Was it? It was Sabine, right? I flew after first. Yeah, yep, you went right for Sabine. And um, that was kind of the, the motivation. I, I, and I know you anticipated me going around a rock, but I, because I played you a million times, um, I needed to switch it up. So I threw him right in the middle of snapshots, thinking, hey, you know, as long as I can come up a little short, you can get two snapshots off, and I'll hopefully gum up the works for the, for the rest of them, um, which proved me pretty good. Um, and I got Vestry firing twice. An ion cannon and a regular. While you were target locked, and then I got Pierce back to fire at you range one with four yeah. attack die target locked, and I was not able to wipe off Sabine. And I think that was like the nail in the coffin right there. I kind of feel like you have a lot of nail in coffins, um, which I think is great because uh, I know me personally, my play theory is I'll play something until I stop having fun with it, and then I'm done, and I move on to the next list very quickly. But I've seen you play this list into submission, so now every time I see it, I'm just like, I'm uh, I'm scared, what do I do? Because you know it so well. <laughs> Where I was, I was finally able to really understand Adaptive Ailerons, uh, and I flew up against a few people uh, in the tournament that saw Adaptive Ailerons, and they were almost like, oh, that's interesting. Like, you have to boost before you move and I was like yeah and this was the first tournament that I didn't put him on a rock or through debris accidentally um, so it was good to really get to know the tie striker but um, the uh, I was actually the, the tournament was fun because I think everyone was enjoying the experience and learning new things about new lists uh, at least you know at, at my level of play mm -hmm. um, and one guy I, I did the quick draw Oh, I don't know exactly what you want to call it, but uh, I moved up on the guy. I took a, a target lock on him. I took a focus through push the limit, and then I baffled off the stress, and I fired on, I believe this was against two jump masters and Fen, and I fired at Fen, and he he looked a little, a little confused, and it worked out, but he was like, wait, wait, you can do that? And I'm like, yeah, it's not even combat phase. Yeah, blew me away. It's not combat phase, but I'm firing at you, uh, ready to go. <laughs> and um, but no, again, again, a tribute to the community and how how great it was and how much fun it was to just you know learn a little bit with them, but also play competitively and fun at the same time. Yeah, yeah. for sure. And our friend Evan from Syracuse uh, came as well, and he brought uh, Brandon, who actually went four and zero with his Canaan Bigs and won the tournament. Oh, nice! Um, I mentioned yeah, and I also mentioned we have uh, James and uh, I think there was one or two other people from Buffalo as well. So. I feel like the community in like the upstate area in general between Buffalo, Rochester, and Syracuse, very strong. It's only about an hour to each city. Um, so it's really cool that we're kind of uh, able to drive there and uh, drive to each other's home locations and, and kind of challenge, <laughs> challenge the other cities. Yeah. 
We should uh, we should get them on the podcast. Have them say hello to everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be really cool. Cool. Um, any final thoughts for the last event then? Um, I do have one scenario that I just want to uh, state, and it, this I'm stating this as an apology to Nick. Uh, the, when the game we played, the very very last shot of the game. Um, I had already won on points because you had missed the A-wing. Right. So, but I was only ahead by like seven points. You still had one hit point adversary. Um, and I had Sabine, who had a weapons failure crit, so she rolled one dice. At range two through a rock. So I rolled one dice, which turned out with no modifications, which turned out to be a crit. And you rolled four dice. All of them were blank or focus because you bumped into the A-wing. And I killed Vessary on the last turn with one attack dice. Ugh. And it was like of the game. Yeah, yeah. Like, like that was like a great way, like an exciting way to end uh, the tournament. You know what I mean? Just kind of like a crazy, crazy dice swing. It was, and I wish I wish it was mapped out, or we could put an image up there. But if you could measure out, picture Vessary gunning straight on with a wounded A-Wing that has to move forward. He's ionized, and he's just about four range range ruler away. And I thought, and I was very close to four turning around, being like range a half behind him (laughs) and just wiping this guy off the board. Yeah, he wouldn't have (laughs) Yeah, I think... I was stressed, too, when I was ionized, so I didn't get any actions. I wouldn't say you were about half a centimeter from making that 4K. Right. And I, I had to t- I had to try it simply because if I one forwarded or anything else, I would have bumped. So this was really the only scenario, navigating through the asteroids as well. Yeah, um, you, you probably would have shot it twice as well. Like, I was freaking playing poker, and I was just about to lay down at the, you know, the highest, uh, the highest hand called the nut flush. And I was ready to go, and uh, as soon as I didn't make that maneuver, my jaw dropped, and I went, uh-oh. This is not ending well for a one, for a Vessary with no damage and Sabine able to turn on me. So it was a, uh, it was really exciting, even to the last second, which I think I, we drew a little bit of a crowd simply because I am notoriously slow at games, and <laughs> I think everyone finished up before they come over. So. Um, I'm not. I'm not gonna lie to you, Nick. Games two and three, like everyone was just looking at your table, like everyone else was done, and then you and the person you were playing <laughs> were still in playing the game. <laughs> yeah. Yep, that's very true. And the problem is that I am notorious not only with my like decision making and putting down the the dials, which again everyone was great. No one called time on me or got upset, but uh, I maneuver my ships until I'm at the right strategy, and I think it was two tournaments ago that I didn't even... We, both players didn't even fire their first shots until about 50 minutes into the game. So, And that that was kind of the story of this as well. I just maneuvered all around, and we didn't get shots off till about 15 to 20 minutes in. Mm-hmm. Nice, I've, had, nice. I've had a lot of those kind of games, uh, not just against you, Nick, or anything, but um, like me and Pat, when we did a... Uh, when the Jumpmaster list was first birthed, uh, when I played up against Pat, uh, the robots bro- just toying with each other and running around the edges. And I am not nearly as patient as you are, Nick, so I was just like, fuck it, going in! Yep. 
But yeah, I, I also can't stand when games go to time for the sole purpose of just I want to I want to breathe before my next game. I want to go go pee. I want to get some water. <laughs> like, okay. let me just shake this off. <laughs> well, I only had two games go to time, which were my losses. The two games that I won, they were actually I was done less than an hour. Oh, so you're kicking ass. So or or I saw it was a list that I was out outgunned, and I said I'm gonna spend a half an hour maneuvering around the side or doing some trickery or whatever. Oh, nice. So yeah. it, it was somewhat strategic, somewhat, and I was having fun. <laughs> Good. And that's all yeah. that matters. Yeah. Yep. And I went and lost that acrylic focus tokens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which are ugly, which are ugly as sin, but I'm still using them. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I earned these, damn it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, well, cool. Sounds like it was an awesome event. Um, do we have we have the just games event coming up, and then that's pretty much it for the season, right? The rest is just monthly stuff. Um, yeah, that, that's it for store championships. I'm assuming they'll announce regionals at some point um, in the fall. Um, but uh, yeah, there's. There's Just Games in Rochester on July 29th, I believe. And there is one more in Buffalo at an event called... I want to say it's called Beef and Wing or something like that. It's basically a wargaming uh, convention where they have like a cookout and play miniature games. Um, and there's a, there's a store in Buffalo doing their store championship there this year. Um, I don't remember the exact name, but it's on the Western New York... Um, x-wing facebook page so if anyone's interested they can check it out there neat cool um so that was kind of like our competitive rings going on here uh let's move it on to our next part of this podcast for today which we were talking about our community and um i remember i think it was duncan howder who was saying like i've i've been playing this game for a while and i know a lot of good people and I'm doing well in these tournaments, so I feel obligated to give back to the community. And um, when he was talking to me about that, it kind of just clicked. It was like, okay, this makes sense, giving back to the community, which is kind of like what we're doing here with the podcast, you know, bringing all you people together and getting like-minded and sharing our experiences, you know, giving back to the community, developing a community. And Millennium's always been really good at um, cultivating a community around a game, um, and these competitive environments are really nice and fun and everything. Um, but one thing we've been seeing with ourselves, as well as a, a bunch of different other mini tournaments, is people will make like custom games or different ways to play the game just because it seems more fun. And uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about the different modes that we created, which, uh, as I mentioned before, we do on the side make board games we do have one game that i believe nick we still have currently in sale button bashers yeah are we do we still have stock of that we do oh cool okay yeah um if you're interested in that at all we have tons of videos floating around the internet send us an email and ask or just say hi to us at millennium or something and we'll let you know about it but that's uh we have a couple other games coming in the works too but that's for another time uh, for now, I kind of wanted to start off with our custom modes uh, for X-Wing. Did you guys want to start on any one specifically? The most successful probably would be drafting. Drafting. All right. Uh, you want to get into how it works, Nick? Um, 
this was more you guys, but I do recall, I remember voicing my opinion saying, guys, this is great, but I want to start learning more ships. Uh, I'm probably, I'm well, of the three of us, I'm definitely the weakest at making builds. I'm definitely the guy to go, hey, Pat, hit this guy, and then learning how to fly them. Okay. Um, and as much as I love flying them, the drafting portion kind of puts it down to learning how to fly one ship at a time. So it's not really a huge list that you have to manipulate or like, you know, the um, the benefit of the synergy between the, a big list, like a tiny mind link per se. Um, yeah. Learning strategically how to draft against partners, because we all love like Seven Wonders and different board games like that draft. And I think that's where I was like, guys, we should we should make some kind of drafting X-wing, and then we <laughs> took it from there. Okay, yeah. so I'll well, I'll kind of give a breakdown as uh, how, like how the game works. Uh, Pat, did sorry, did you did I cut you off? No, no, you're fine. I was I was just gonna say I the rules weren't really written down, but I recently writ, wrote them down semi officially. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, yeah. cool. Uh, do you want to do that, or do you want me to dive in? Um, no, I can I can dive into this one um, because it's the one probably I know the most about. Sure, uh, go some for of it. the other modes I've, I've played a little bit, but I, I don't know too much about. So, um, so the draft mode is is essentially um, exactly what it sounds like. You're going to be drafting pre-made ships, um, and these ships are going to be uh, 25 points or less each. So, obviously, that rules out most large base ships. It rules out a lot of the aces. Um, so you can be really creative um, when it comes to the ship builds. Um, you can use things like torrents that aren't TLTs because they actually work against ships that cost 25 points. Um, and you can so we've built out. Um, I've got the Wave 11 ships actually just built uh, last week uh, with all the new cards that have been spoiled. Um, so we probably have close to 50 25 point ships now. Um, obviously, some of them are repeats with just kind of different allotments of, of uh, cards. Um, but essentially, players um, take turns drafting these ships, um, and then, um, you know, you, you'll choose your obstacles as well. Um, I'm a, actually a player of the um, Heroes of the Atari Cluster. I know, Nick and Nate, you guys haven't played that, but it's a... Um, kind of a co-op uh, custom campaign um, developed uh, by some of the guys in the PTL um, league up in Toronto. Um, and so a lot of the debris I have listed here is other things you can take from there. So you could take a turret or an ion cloud as well as the normal debris from the, uh, the, base, the base sets. Um, and so, essentially, you'll, you'll place two of your ships um, on the board, um, and then you'll keep the other ships in reserve. Normally, we play with three or four ships. Um, so, you'll choose two starting ships. Um, it's a free-for-all. Um, the more players, the better. The messier it gets, the funner it is. Um, and then once one of your ships die, dies, you can actually bring in um, one of your other ships on the edge of the board, um, within range one to three of any other ship, or beyond range three of any other ship. Um, and then uh, the way we've done it last time is there's a couple of ways to win. Um, there's the Lone Wolf uh, title, which is the last man standing, essentially the last player 
uh, with a ship on the board, or the most ships if the uh, time runs out. And then we have Predator, uh, which is uh, whoever destroys the most ships. So when you kill a ship, uh, you get to put it in your play area, and that kind of counts as a trophy. Um, and that's to encourage people to actually kill things as opposed to kind of run away and um, not participate in the game the way they're supposed to. So um, that's pretty much it. We have a couple of banned cards for obvious reasons. Uh, Captured Tie, Lone Wolf. We didn't officially ban Twin Laser Turns, but we purposely didn't build any ships with Twin Laser Turns. Yeah. Um, I just, with all the other turns out there and all the, you know, like the Hawks that can equip it and things like that, I just think it was more interesting to have the, you know, Ion turns and Auto Blast turns and now and with Wave 11 seem to turn. I just think that's a better way to play. Right. And that's uh, one thing about this type of game that uh, I found personally really interesting is those 50 odd build ships or 50 odd. Uh, 25 point ship builds um, they're built without synergy in mind first off so you're not gonna a tiny mind link and whatnot like pat was saying before but um, most importantly sometimes you'll get a large ship like a really cheap large ship that has nothing on it or you'll get a ship that has a weird quirky upgrade that isn't the normal kind of thing you'll see so your drafts depend on like you can pick all kinds of weird stuff that you would normally be like, this is shit, or just this, I would never play this. And it's an interesting little, like, hey, you get to play it fun and see how it feels. Right, exactly. And one thing I forgot to mention is um, there's no faction restrictions. So the builds themselves, like if, I'm, if uh, I build out a Rebel Hawk, I can only use Rebel cards for that. But when you're when you're choosing your ships, you could choose you know, two Imperial, two Rebel, one of each, um, whatever the case may be. So it's it's also something interesting where you can have cards interact um, with other cards that they normally wouldn't because you wouldn't be able to run them together. Um, so it's pretty interesting that way as well. Um, you know, anyone who's wanted to, who's run, you know, mostly one faction wants to explore with the others um, can choose those ships and, and kind of just have a little bit of fun with it. Yeah. Um, so far, we've played probably like what three or four rounds of this. More yeah. than that. Yeah. Um, no, I think three or four. I've written down the rules and kind of clarified a couple things, and we haven't played since then. Um, but I'm definitely uh, itching to um, have a have a playthrough with the with the rules now written down and kind of adjust them as needed. So it'll yeah. be interesting to see um, whether it works well. Uh, um. Or whether things need to be adjusted. Yeah. We should definitely uh, open that and share that with the community. If anyone has any feedback or would like to join, uh, have at it. Yeah, we're definitely willing to share it out. We use a lot of like Google Drive stuff to share out between the three of us, too. So uh, I'm sure we can share some of our stuff out. Um, but that's that's pretty much it for the, the drafting game, right? Yep. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'll if, I'll move on to the next one here. Um, did we want to talk about Mario Kart at all, or is that a? Uh... We can talk about our experiences. We uh, got to observe it at PTL, but I think we uh, generally had a good experience 
playing it. It just needs uh, certain ships and a little tweaking. Yeah. Um, I actually kind of did want to mention about Mario Kart. It's one of those things that, like, if you haven't seen Mario Kart rules, you can easily Google um, Mario Kart X-Wing and you'll find a, a collection of different rules and whatnot. Um, there are a lot of them out there. So far, I haven't found one that feels just right. Like, we went a little overboard with ours, and we put up a lot of rules, which really restricted the game, and kind of, it got bogged down. But uh, the other one that I found that was official, the fact that, like, when you bump a wall, you get moved back, and then you can kind of get trapped. But And then there's ships that, like, once you get a lead, you can't do anything about it. You just get in the lead, and you can't catch up. Um, there's a lot of weird things to the game, and it's, it's really good, but it's one of those systems that... It feels like it's almost done. Like, it's almost good. And uh, I'd really like to see more testing and playing out there. Um, we could probably provide a link to that as well. <clears throat> uh, if we could find a good rule set. <clears throat> yeah, yeah well, I know You know, we've messed around with it. I would say one of my favorite uh, podcasts for X-Wing is Shuttle Siberian. Um, I've mentioned them several times before. Um, they were the ones who um, talked about uh, Heroes of the Cherry Cluster and got me interested in that. Um, we actually played the Trench Run, if you guys remember. Um, yeah. That's where, yeah, that's where I got all of that stuff from, is from them. And actually, we had a question the day of the event, and I went on their Facebook page, and they replied to me and got me an answer, um, which was really cool. Nice. Um, so they, yeah, they, they call themselves the home of casual X-Wing, and that's definitely the case. Um, they have, they play the actual missions in the booklets, they come up with all sorts of games. Uh, they're a fantastic podcast, highly recommended, um, to listen to them. But they actually have Mario Kart rules, um, and I believe theirs have, like, actual banana peels as the, uh, upgrade card, so when you draw a card, you're drawing actual things from Mario Kart, the red shells, green shells, etc. Oh, neat. Um, yeah, which is pretty which is pretty interesting. So um, I'll take a look and see if I can find uh, their rules as well, because I think they have playtested it uh, quite a bit, so I think um, they've been able to work out some of the quirks, you know? Mm -hmm. um, one thing I actually haven't mentioned, I don't think... Uh, yet is all these draft games or the draft game and mario kart the big appeal of it is it's x-wing but it's more than one-on-one -on -one. um you're inviting you're opening it up to like at least four people um which is really nice when you have a bigger group that you want to kind of branch out a little bit more play x-wing but you don't want to do the whole like okay well if there's three people you can't really play an effective game because we found when there's three people on the map at a time one person sits back and the first two people to get in combat are going to lose where the, the third person enter combat wins. Right, right. And it, you know what else? Just think about our group of friends who have played X-Wing with us. Not a lot of them um, play competitively or anything like that um, or have played as much as we have and are at the skill level that we're at. So these games are an opportunity to invite our friends over who play X-Wing but not regularly and not, you know, don't commit to uh, getting better at the game and, like, you know, building builds, etc. And then they can come over and just play these games uh, and they start off at the same base skill level as us and they can play it and be successful at it. Whereas if they play, you know, one of the three of us, 
because in a 100-point game, it, they're probably going to lose because they haven't, you know, they don't play very often. We play all the time and well-practiced. Speak for yourself. <laughs> yeah. So casual X-Wing is kind of like, we've been trying to get a lot of people into the game, and we understand how hardcore X-Wing can get at some times, or at some points. Um, so we really like to keep it light and casual enough to get anyone to play the game because we just we love this game so much that we just want to share it with everyone it's working (laughs) it it is it's working well everyone must play (laughs) Hmm. um so i think that's uh you i think you you shared something pat x-wing cage match is this something new uh so i just renamed draft mode cage match because it sounded cooler. Oh, okay. Yeah, it does sound really cool. <laughs> and it kind of reflects what the game is more, too. Yeah, I was, it was between Cage Match and Royal Rumble for the name. And I feel like most people know what a cage match is. So, And that's kind of the feeling we want, right? Like, a cage match is designed, like a wrestling cage match, is designed so like no one can get out of the ring. And it's just like you've got to go in there and attack people. And that's kind of what we want the draft mode to be, is just... Hey, we've got some fun ships. Now, go nuts and do crazy stuff. Right. Yeah. Um. I'll I'll actually go through some of my stuff and see if I can update the uh, my list of scum ships. Because with that new guns for hire pack, oh my god, so many new ships. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We uh, we did forget to mention um, back at PTL, uh, we picked up and we enjoyed uh, furball is what they were calling it. Oh yeah. Um, which was really, I enjoyed a lot of fun, but Nate, you almost got shunned. <laughs> the whole, yeah. The whole concept of dropping a bomb and backing up and being like, peace, you can't fire it. Oh, yeah, let, I'm, I'm going to just go into detail face. about that for a second. The whole thing with yeah. Furball is, like, when when your ship dies, you're able to respawn your ship immediately, and it's just time limit, how many kills can you get? But there's no penalty to dying, you just essentially die. And I ran it by them, um, if you fly off the board, what happens? And they're like, well, you really shouldn't, but I mean, I guess nothing happens. And I'm like, okay. So my ship had a bomb and was the one of the quad jumpers. So after... So I know, I know it's in very poor spirits and poor sportsmanship to do this, but I was in such a fuck-everything-no mood at that exact moment because I got hunted down so like ferociously that I was like, I don't even want to play anymore, but I'm not going to quit the game. All I did for the rest of the game was spawn within range one of the board uh, as my action, drop my bomb forward, and then go backwards as my quad jumper off the board. So I just kept popping in on the edges of the board, dropping bombs, and everyone had death glares on me, and it was great. <laughs> yeah, th- I mean, the beauty of that game is for those players that are out there to fly ships and shoot at other ships and you know have fun with it, it was a really enjoyable experience of hunting down target to target to target kind of just everyone's against you and you're just a rogue on a board that was it was a lot of fun yeah there was always like the anytime people fought there'd be someone just hiding in the wings ready to take advantage of it so you have to be mindful of that too right that was great yeah um so i think that's uh i do have one the star fox thing is there anything else you guys want to talk about for furball before we move on no, that's it. All right, yep, I'm good. All right. Um, I found I love Nintendo and Star Fox and everything like that. And 
um, around when the newest game came out kind of recently, I got freaked out, like, like, super excited about the game, and I was like, wait a minute, Star Fox is kind of like Star Wars, the same kind of space combat ideals and stuff. Um, so I found online somebody made original uh, cards for X-Wing um, for uh, to bring the Star Fox people into the game. And uh, I was like, oh, these are really cool ideas. So I grabbed all the images that I could, and I've been slowly upgrading them and working with them to try to make them more like the images were low quality so i'm trying to remake it so they're like printable quality so they look great um one thing i did is i created uh the cards themselves like the pilot cards i um changed the background colors and modified them a little bit and then gave them their own faction symbol so the idea is like if you were to buy the expansion pack for Star Fox, um it would have its own faction and some cards that only work with its faction, but it can't use any Scum Rebel or uh, the third people. Imperials. <laughs> Couldn't use any I of theirs. I see how it is. <laughs> I legit forgot. <laughs> um, but it's... Uh, so I'll, I'll just... I don't really want to go into super detail. It's just kind of like I'm, I'm working on building my own custom expansion. Um, and the, I think the last big piece of the puzzle is getting a uh, getting somebody to print, uh, 3D print the R-Wings for a, a reasonable price. I found them for like 35 a piece, but I'm like, no way that's going to happen. Um, but yeah, if I can get custom painted, custom made R-Wings, I would totally bring this to Millennium and be like, hey guys, what do you think of these custom ships? Um, so, quick, uh, if you know Star Fox at all, dude, Slippy Toad, he's supposed to be super feared or whatever, or scared all the time. He's a two attack, two defense, two haul, and four shield, just like an X-Wing. Um, he is a unique pilot, uh, on the R-Wing, his own ship. Um, when defending, if you're within range one of a friendly ship, add an evade to result. Uh, that's his, what he does. He's got focus, target lock, barrel roll, and boost for 19 points. Um, elite pilot talent, cannon, and torpedo upgrade slots. Um, now this is pretty a pretty cheap ship for what it does. Oh, pilots, <coughs> excuse me, pilot skill three. This is a pretty cheap ship for what it does. But keep in mind also that it can't use any upgrades that are named only. They have to use generic and some of the upgrades that come with the expansion, um, which aren't super great, but for example, I'll give you one. Um, elite Pilot Talent, Relentless. Uh, when you perform an attack that hits before dealing damage, you may spend a focus token to add one crit to the re crit result. That's an Elite Pilot Talent for two points. Um, that's that's kind of the idea. It's uh, I don't want to go into crazy detail about all these, but if you're interested in looking at what I have so far, or if you want to help out and know someone with a cheap 3D modeler, uh, let me know. I'll have information for this in the description so you guys can see. And if you use Photoshop, let me know too, because that's what I use to make these, and I can send you the source files too. Um, if you have any custom-made ships for, like, I don't know if you wanted to bring Samus into the game from uh, Metroid or Battlestar Galactica ships, or, I mean, if you wanted to grab some attack wing cards and bring them in, what's your thoughts on mixing up different space battle themes with um, Star Wars? I think X-Wing is a great system for it. Um, what If you guys could pick any anything, be it a Star Wars ship or any spaceship, what would you bring into the 
X-Wing world. World War Two fighters. <laughs> really? Uh, I mean, there is a miniature game like that. And I was going to say. <laughs> glory, Wing of Glory, something like that. Yeah, no, that'd be, uh, I don't know, I would do something pretty, pretty crazy. I don't know if any spaceships I'd bring in. Oh, okay. That would be really cool, though, to see, like, a World War II classic gunner ship flying around in space with, like, an astronaut in the cockpit or something like that. <laughs> that would. Physics wouldn't work at all, but who cares? Don't need no, no propeller. Propeller <laughs> <laughs> uh, through space. That'd be great. <laughs> you're, you're pushing the air forward to create your own lift through space, which is pushing it backwards because you're somehow pushing it forward with a jet? I don't know. <laughs> There's no air in space. <laughs> Make your own. <laughs> Exhale and fire through it. <laughs> exactly. Pat, how about you? What would you bring into the Star Wars universe if you could? Yeah, I was just I was just thinking about the what type of ships I'd want to bring in. And you mentioned Battlestar Galactica, I love that show. Uh, I have two other TV shows that I would love to have ships created for. Uh, the first one is Firefly. Um, that would be awesome. Um, there's lots of cool different ships in there. You could even have as an epic ship the... Um, the uh, I think it's called the Alliance ship. It's like it looks like a city, kind of like one of the ships from Alien floating through space um, that the government controls. And the other one is Cowboy Bebop. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, that'd be really cool. I think that there's probably 3D models of all of this on like Shapeways or and stuff like that. Um, but that, that, that I would definitely buy a Cowboy Bebop version of this game. There's not too many ships you could you could add to it, but they, the ones you could would be super fun. Right. Yeah, I didn't think Cowboy Bebop actually had that much like space battle stuff. No, but it's got it's got enough like fighter um, stuff. Like you couldn't make an Armada game out of it, but you actually I think it would work. You've got Spike's ship, you've got uh, Bebop itself, you've got Phase ship, and then. Um, Vicious has, I can't remember what it is, but Vicious has his own, like, Starfighter um, at one point. Um, oh, and then um, there's another one. What's the, the bald guy's name? Jet? Um, he has his own ship as well. Oh, okay. Huh. Yeah, so there, you, could, you could make, like, a, a decent-sized squadron out of it, but not a whole game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and for those of you who don't know, uh, I mentioned Attack Wing before. Apparently, the people who made, if you don't know, the people who made X-Wing made a game before this called Star Trek uh, Attack Wing. And it's, uh, I heard it was pretty decent, but it got real broken real quick. And uh, I don't know where the game is in the state right now, but I just recently found out that Millennium sells a lot of Attack Wing. And I was like, ooh, that'd be interesting. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's... What's it's, that? it's cool, but but the um, the miniatures are are kind of scale very well because in Attack Wing the ships are quite large in scale. Um, so like the Enterprise would be like the size of um, like a K wing, for example. Oh. So it doesn't it doesn't scale very well, but I've I like Star Trek too. Um, I, you know I've I huge fan of Deep Space Nine and Next Generation. Um, I've, I've heard the game is fun, but I've heard it is insane with the amount of dice you roll and, like, the power creep is, like, constant and unrel unrelenting. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it sounds like one of those games that would be fun to pay client, 
casually, but might get frustrating if it was uh, played competitively. Like if I if I picked up a bunch of attack wing ships, I'd want to play some sort of uh, campaign, you know, where we kind of play Star Trek missions or something. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Hmm. Alright, well, I think that's pretty much everything I had for today. How about you guys? Yeah, same. I, I look forward to enjoying summer, and then when it starts snowing out, playing this game a lot more. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, as soon as summer hit, it was just really tough to keep on with this game. As much as yep. we love it. It's fun being outside. See, if you guys had wives that worked nights and weekends like I do, you could play all the time. <laughs> I think we're both almost there with Sarah's schedule and, and Kiyomi's. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe. I, yeah. Uh, Pat, we just, Pat, we just don't care. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Alrighty. Well, I think that about wraps it up. Uh, any last comments? We'll see you next time. And uh, if there's anything from the community you guys want us to talk about specifically, let us know. Yeah, we... I think we'll be few and far between until the next couple sets of tournaments come out. We'd love to hear from you. We're pretty active on Facebook. Uh, I might be more active on Twitter soon, but we'll see. Yeah. Peace. Right. Thanks for following us. Hi, everyone. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye.